thank you, Jesus. She needs right. hallelujah today for just being here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for having a mind. Hallelujah. To have said yes to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ and to his way. And this morning, we're going to come before you from the book of Romans, the first chapter. Turn with us. We're going to begin there at the 16th Here Paul is speaking to the Romans and he's saying to them, beginning at the 15th verse, it says, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, hallelujah, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The 17th verse says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Our text today is going to be coming from that 16th verse where it says, for I, Paul makes it very personal here. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. He says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. If we break the scripture down into like sections of what it's saying, it says, he says, for I'm not ashamed. And when we think about something, the word ashamed, and we looked it up in the dictionary, it says something that would present a painful sense of having done something wrong. Something that gives you a guilt. Something that causes you to feel disgrace or dishonor. Paul says, for I don't have these feelings about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's telling you that he doesn't have any guilt feelings. And I take it personal. I don't have any guilt feelings. I don't have any disgrace. I don't have any dishonor. Hallelujah. About the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. Because it's the power of God and salvation. And when we think about the gospel, many people say, well, that is the good news. But as our pastor often tells us, to the farmer, the rain is good news. To the farmer, the sunshine is good news because of the fact that he knows that his crop, which is going to bring him a profit, hallelujah Jesus, is going to come forth because of the good news. But Paul speaks right here, and I speak to you today, that I am not of the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah, good news about the birth, the life, the teaching, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the Hallelujah. It says, well, it's the power. Hallelujah. It's the purpose. It is the goal of God Almighty to bring salvation, to bring deliverance for man from the guilt and the penalty of sin, which is death. Eternal separation from God in hell's fire in conscious suffering. I'm not ashamed of this gospel today because it presents to me a purpose for why the Lord Jesus Christ came. It presents to me a goal, hallelujah, after why he came to deliver my sin, sick soul, hallelujah, from a burning hell that's eternal. This salvation goes out. It says to everyone that believes. The key is to you that believes. Hallelujah. It came to the Jew first because the word of God tells us in St. John, the first chapter in the 11th verse, it says he came unto his own. The nation Israel, he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm saved by the name of Jesus Christ. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It says 
And our context today is going to be coming from 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, from the fourth chapter, I'm sorry, beginning at the third verse. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, beginning at the third verse, it says, But if our God be his, it is his to them that are lost. Is this good news about the birth? the life, the teaching, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. He said, in whom the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the mind of them which believe not. Hallelujah! It's not the eyes that are blind, but the mind that perceives, hallelujah, and gives understanding that is blind. It says, let the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. It says, if this gospel is his, it's his to them that alone, in whom the God of this world have blinded their minds of them which believe not. And remember, back here in Romans, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God. For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Hallelujah. But here it's telling you, the God of this world has blinded the mind of them who don't believe. Hallelujah. It says, let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, who is the picture of God. When man saw Jesus Christ walk upon the face of the earth, they saw the very God Almighty. Hallelujah. In his fullness. Hallelujah. He is the image of God. That image, that deliverance, should shine on Jesus. Today we're going to go about an outline and we're going to take that scripture for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and it's also to us the Greeks that same gospel is going to tell us about who I am and that's where we need to start because unless I have an understanding that I am a sinner and I'm on my way to hell. Oh, yeah. It doesn't do you any good. All, you can talk to me all day long oh, no, no, about, you know, that yes, this and yes, that about you and you're so kind and you're so yeah, nice. Right. No, but unless I realize yeah. the real me, yeah. when I get an understanding about who I am, positivity is not going to do me any good. So we're going to start with who I am. Then we're going to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Actually, who Jesus is. We're going to talk about the purpose that Jesus came his goal for coming. We're going to talk about that deliverance, hallelujah, that only comes through his name, the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross, and that name represents the blood because here in 1996, we do not have the blood of Jesus Christ, but what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. What can make me whole or complete again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. But we have his name that represents that blood. So we're going to talk about the salvation or the deliverance that comes through the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the belief. What does it mean when I talk about I believe? What am I doing about the word of God? Am I wholeheartedly involved in the truth that I believe? Am I wholeheartedly doing what the truth says for me to do? Hallelujah, Jesus. We start to begin with the I or the self or who I am. Okay, and we can begin going back to the book of Genesis, which means the beginning. The word Genesis means the beginning. And we go back there to the book of Genesis, that first chapter, and it says, God said in the 26th chapter, uh, or the 26th verse, he said, and God said, let us make man in our own image. And at that time, if we look at Genesis 1 and 2, it says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water of the deep, and God said, let there be light. Well, at this time, God was a spirit. So he was not talking about a physical image as you see man in today. But he was talking about an intellectual or a moral and a righteous nature. This is how he created man in the beginning. Intellectually, morally, and righteously. 
It says, so God created man in his own image. Because a lot of times people will see, let us, and they know that that's plural, but what is it talking about? It must be talking about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. No, it says right here, if you'll read on to the next verse, 27, so God created man in his, hallelujah, own image, in the image of God created he him, hallelujah, male and female created he them. Hallelujah. Only one God did. Hallelujah. When he was talking about referring to us, he's talking about God and his word. Because he said, let there be, and it was, God saw it, and it was good. Hallelujah. He spoke the world into existence, and in due season, that word became flesh. Hallelujah. Because John said to us, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In Genesis, we would see where the man and his wife were in the garden. It says they were naked, but they were not ashamed. Hallelujah. They were naked, the word says, but they were not ashamed. Because of the fact that, you know, they were there and they still had that same righteous nature. That allowed them that same spiritual nature that allowed them to commune with the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, but at this point in time, and we're going over to that second chapter of Genesis, God gave the man and the woman a direct command. He said, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that you eat of it, he said, you shall surely die. He gave them a direct command. He gave them a law. He gave them a rule. Of every tree of the, of the garden you can freely eat, but don't eat of that tree of the knowledge of evil, of good and evil. It says right there because when you do it, the consequences of your doing that, you are going to die. You are, he gave them a law. He gave them a consequence. Man don't, does not fear laws. We fear the consequences of taking the law. I can drive down the street right here when I know what the law says. That on a city street most of the time is no more, especially in a residential area, about 15 miles per hour. I, but if I go down here 60 miles per hour, I fear that the police might be down here at the end of the street. I fear that if a little child runs out in the street and I hit him, I'm going to jail. That's my fear. It's not the law of a written word. I fear what's going to happen to me. Hallelujah, the consequences. And this is what man had to fear right back then. It says, but just as Satan was very busy back there in the garden, he's still very busy right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We go to the third chapter of Genesis and we see right here what actually happened. It says, in that fourth verse, it says, And the servant said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For her creator had already told her that she would die. Hallelujah, Jesus. But here he's telling her, You're not going to surely die. And he says, For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, that your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And man always has this problem. He had it back then, and he still has it today. Wanting to be more than what he actually is. You're not. Hallelujah, Jesus. It says right here, the woman... And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eye, and the tree desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So you see where you have the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life way back then, and we still got it. We still got our trouble. We still want to do everything to this flesh, and we still want somebody to look at us and see how great we are. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. And right here in the seventh verse, right here, is when spiritual death or righteousness left mankind. Adam and Eve being the first parents of the human race and we are being descendants of theirs are born in a state or condition of sin. Sin is transgression of the law. It means an overstepping of a boundary between good and evil. They stepped from that boundary of good when they ate of that tree a knowledge of good and evil. The Lord Jesus Christ has never made anybody robot. 
all of us have the freedom of choice. It's up to you what you do with the word that you hear. Hallelujah. It's out here the plan of salvation is out here for us. Amen. But it's up to me to accept it. Amen. Hallelujah. Right here in verse 7 it says, The eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. And you remember over there in verse 25 of chapter 2, it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They weren't ashamed because sin will always shame. Doing the wrong stuff. And we do the wrong stuff because of the state or the condition that we're born in. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm a sinner. And I'm a sinner because my first parents of the human race were sinners. They did, they disobey God's direct command not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. As a result of that, David says in Psalms 51 and verse 5, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. At the very coming together of the egg and the sperm, I was being shaped in iniquity, which means inherited sin that I acquired from Adam and Eve. It says to us in Psalm 58 and verse 3, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born. Seek the lies. You don't have to take babies out of lies. They come in with the lies in them. Hallelujah. The wicked, the scripture. Oh, we see these little babies and we say, oh, they're so sweet sugar worker. No, no, no. They're the wicked. He says the wicked. And the scripture says in Isaiah, there is no peace. There is my God to the wicked. I don't care how much money you get. Or how many houses you get, yes. or how many trips right, you take. Hallelujah, Jesus. The word says there is no peace. Oh, there is my God to do it. Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. You cannot have any peace without the Prince of peace. The word says, For unto us a child is given, and unto us a son is born, that and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Right, and his name shall be called Wonderful, the Mighty God, the Everlasting God. Hey! 
It said, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things unto you. Yeah, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Well, if it says, Jesus Christ is Lord, and it says, know ye that the Lord, he is God, then Jesus Christ is God. Amen. And we thank him. Hallelujah. Revelation. And it says right here in Revelation 1 and 5, right. and from Jesus Christ, he's identifying himself, mm-hmm. right by his name, he says, and from Jesus Christ, All right. who is the faithful man, yes. and the first begotten of the dead, yes. and the prince of the king of the earth, yes. unto him that loved us, yes. and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Yes. We go over to the book of Acts in 2028. It says, take heed therefore unto yourself and unto all the cross over the which the Holy Ghost has made you over to feed the church of God to feed the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Hey! Hallelujah! It's too good, thanks. It says, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. It told you right here in Revelation 1 and 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And over here in Acts 20 and 28, it says, The church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Jesus Christ is God. Hallelujah. And if anybody has a controversy or question about Second, First Timothy 3 and 16 says, And without controversy. Hallelujah. Without debate. Without any questions, hallelujah. It says, without controversy, grace is the mystery of godliness. It says, God was manifest in the flesh. God, Jesus Christ, was manifest, made clear in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. He was received up in the book. Jesus Christ is God. Hallelujah. St. John 8, 24 tells us, He says, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not, that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Anybody who has a question about who Jesus is, you will die in your sins. The wages of sin is death. And but the gift of God is eternal life. And through Jesus Christ our Lord, First John says, and this is the record that God has given you eternal life and that that life is in the sun. He that has the sun has nothing. He that has not the sun God has nothing. Hallelujah Jesus. So we have a clear understanding of who I am. All right. Me at my very best state. I'm all together. I'm enough. Hallelujah Jesus. I might be rich and increase the good. Hallelujah Jesus. But I need to understand that I'm miserable. I'm wretched. I'm naked. And I'm blind. Hallelujah Jesus. And I'm the wicked. Yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, the purpose of Jesus coming in the flesh. Why did God have to come here in the flesh? Hallelujah. Hebrews 2.14. And now we want to talk about the love. This is love. It says, for as much death as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. In creation, that's right. God formed man from the depth of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Hallelujah, Jesus. It says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the death. Hallelujah, the devil had the power of death. Remember, he appealed back to Eve way back there in the garden and said, thou shall not surely die. And because of Eve, disobedience, all of us are born spiritually dead and we're dying physically every day. And it says right here that Jesus Christ came. God came in the flesh to destroy him that had the power of death. 
That is the devil. It says, and deliver them who through fear of death for all their lifetime. Subject to bondage. Subject to bondage. Yes, we're subject to bondage. Nobody down here, you don't have a Holy Ghost and you ain't been baptized in Jesus' name. You are subject to bondage. Because your soul, the real you, the real thing down inside you, you know you want to go ahead. Yeah. I don't care how much you sit up and you can talk to me about Jesus all day long. If we have done it the way in his church. Right. And you want to be able to tell you how he can, he will tell you how to get it. Yeah. Now, the, the choice is yours. And it's just like Adam and Eve had a choice, we have one too. Hallelujah, Jesus. So he said, he came to deliver them. His, his goal, his purpose. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ with the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. That's the key. That's their belief. Hallelujah. What do you do? Okay. So he said, to deliver them who through fear of death for all their lifetime subject to And in St. John 10, 10, he said, for the thief, meaning Satan, cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy the real you. Your soul. That's what that saved. Not your body. Because of what Adam did. Genesis 3, 19 says, from dust thou art, and unto dust you're going to be turned. This body is going back to the dust. But the real you. The real you that understands and hears what I'm saying to you. That's the part of you that's going to live on eternity somewhere. And there are only two places. You will either live with Jesus Christ. In righteousness and life, where you're going to live in a burning hell. Eternally separated from him. Hallelujah. In hell, fire, you're going to be in conscious of Because you're going to understand and know that you heard what you heard today. Amen. It says, The thief cometh not but for the sin and to kill and to destroy. It says, Jesus Christ said, But I am come. God Almighty has come that they might have life and that they might have more but. He came to give you eternal life. Yes, he's here to life. Righteousness. Hallelujah. That's going to allow you to be judged by a righteous judge. In the state of righteousness. Hallelujah. Clothed in a robe of righteousness. That's why he came. Hallelujah. He says that it's called for coming also. That in, in 1 John 5 and 20 says, And we know that the Son of God is come. And a lot of people get confused about that thing. The word son. But I want to clarify it. And you think about what a son is. A son is a male child in relationship to his mother and father. The scripture says in Isaiah 7 and 14, the Lord himself shall give the son. Say, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And thou shall call his name Emmanuel. That's what the word says. Isaiah 7 and 14. Okay? And then 9 and 6 says, uh, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Now this son, his name is going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. The son's name is going to be called the Mighty God. He's going to be the Everlasting Father. He's going to have no beginning, have no end, and he's going to be called the Prince of Peace. How did the son that's going to be born to this virgin? That's what he's going to be called. Okay, and if we go over to the, the New Testament, the book of Matthew, we see that when Mary was found with child, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And as I was reading to our Sunday school class this morning, we were reading in Romans, the 8th chapter, and how it says, like in verse 9, that now, if the Spirit of God dwell in you, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's not a hero. If the Spirit of God dwell in you, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's not a hero. So it says right there again that Jesus is God. And he's got to dwell in you. Hallelujah. And when Mary was found with child, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Remember, a son is a male child in relationship to his parents. Well, when Mary was found with child, Jesus Christ had implanted himself in Mary's body for the purpose of forming flesh to shed blood on your sins and Because the scripture says that almost all things are by the Lord purged or cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, is no remission. There's no removal of sin without the shedding of blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. But the name, the name represents that blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. So it says in First John 5 and 20, and we know that the Son of God has come, meaning that God came in the flesh and has given us an understanding. That's what he came to do. He came to give mankind an understanding 
of who he was. Remember back there in um, Corinthians, it goes back and says, um, I'm looking at this word, but it says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, and you know our image is a picture. Hallelujah, day! Jesus Christ was a picture of God. They saw Jesus Christ, they saw God. Amen. So it says, that we may know him, that is true. He wanted mankind to understand, know him, that is true. And like I was telling my parents, to know, when you know something, the scriptures, the uh, dictionary says, when you know something, it's fixed in your mind or your memory. And the way that it's fixed in is by experience or study. That's the way it gets fixed. Hallelujah, Jesus. So when you got the Holy Ghost down on his side, yeah, you know. Hallelujah. It's fixed there. Hallelujah. You don't have the
you will know what you have to do to attain this life someday, and you shall be free. Because remember that he said he came to deliver them, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Remember, you were subject to bondage because you're scared to leave it, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, and you don't have the Holy Ghost, yes, you deserve to be saved. Hallelujah! Because I'm not telling you, I'm not saying to you, you know, the Word of God tells you, you've got to be born again. St. John, the third chapter, when Nicodemus and the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to Nicodemus, Nicodemus understood, said that thou art a ruler come from God, because no man can do these things that you do, except God be with him. He had that understanding. So he said to him, you know, he, he asked a logical question. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do? Yeah. That's the question all of us need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I need to do about this? What I'm in this state. How can I get out? Yeah, yeah already that's with some sense with that. Somebody yeah. with some sense, amen? Yeah. You know you're in this state. I didn't just put you in it. Adam did. Yeah. But there's something you can do to get out. Yeah. Yeah. He says right there in that third chapter of St. John, he says, Jesus answered him and said, Unto him, barely, barely, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And when he says, if you remember, if you think about it, you can't see what you if you can't see something, you can't get in it. Okay. Amen. Unless somebody lead you, and nobody can take you. This is the road, road you got to travel by yourself. The word says, save yourself. You know what I'm saying? about your husband, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. It says, save yourself. Hallelujah, Jesus. And Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? He asked a logical question because all he understood was that physical thing. And he said, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He asked him a logical question because that's the only birth that he knew about. And Jesus said, answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He told him how. The two things you have to do. He said, you've got to be born of water and of the spirit. He made it very clear and very plain. Jesus did. I didn't say it. It's his church. Remember the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. So he's giving the instructions of how you are to enter into the church. And remember overseer says to us all the time, the 16th chapter of Matthew says that he says upon this rock or upon this testimony of Peter, I'm going to build my church. It doesn't say churches, but I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against me. There is only one church, and that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he purchased with his own blood. He's telling Nicodemus, he's telling you, he's telling me what I have to do to get into the church. He says you've got to be born again. Half of water and of the spirit. When the church is actually formed on the day of Pentecost, the word says in Acts 2.38, then the brother and they were there, Peter had told them, you crucified both your Lord and Master. They said, well, what can we do to rectify this? He said, repent. He said, be godly sorry for the sinful state that you're born in, for the sins that you do because of that state that you're born He said, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or the removal of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes. How you have to be born again? It's very clear. Right there. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Why? It says, because the name presents the blood. Amen. The scripture says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I don't care what name is out here. The only name that's going to save you is the name of Jesus. If you've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, if you've been sprinkled in that name or in those titles, because they're not even a name, hallelujah, you're on your way to hell. You just went down a drive and you came up a wet one because remember you were wicked when you came in your mother's womb. Hallelujah, Jesus. So it tells you what you have to do. You've got to be born again. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. The scripture says in 1 John 2 and 12, I write unto you, little children, that your sins are forgiven for his name. The name of Jesus represents the blood. No salvation in any other name under heaven get among men, whereby we must be saved. If you want to be in the church today, we invite you. Because the scripture says down here, and I'll read this part down here in, in um, 
St. John, in the footnote, it says, the necessity of the new birth grows out of the incapacity of the natural man to see or enter into the kingdom of God. Right. However, gifted, moral, or refined. The natural man is absolutely blind. Remember, Revelation told you, you could be rich, rich and pleased with good, right. but you better recognize that you're miserable, you're wretched, you're naked, and you're blind. So it tells you right here, it says, however gifted, moral, or refined you think you might be. The natural man is absolutely blind to spiritual truth and impotent. I mean, he's powerless to enter into the kingdom of God, for he can neither obey, understand, nor be God. Many men have not the spirit of Christ. He's not there. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost before you go back. You've got to call Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the word says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we invite you to stand on your feet today. And to, you know, just come on. No, you may not understand all. But you understand that you are saved. And you've got to be born again. No, you didn't put yourself in the position that you're in. Blame Adam and whoever else you want to. But it's up to you to get out of that. Hallelujah, Jesus.